0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 166 Using Stories as a Parenting Tool. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30 minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I have loved writing stories all my life. I even remember that one of my favorite Christmas presents as a kid was a little become an author kit, where it supplied special paper for me to write a story and draw the pictures, then send the pages to a company that would bind it as a real hardcover book. It was magic when my book arrived back to me in the mail. I felt like a real published children's book author. Well, today on the podcast, I get to interview an actual real children's book author who has a unique message for us about how we as parents can use stories as a tool to get to know our kids better and to teach and guide them. And she's not talking about using pre published children's books written by other people. She's talking about using our own made up stories, whether or not we would consider ourselves to be writers. Elizabeth Pagel Hogan writes fiction and nonfiction for many magazines, including Highlights for Children. Muse, Cricket, and Spider. She also writes books for the educational market from pre-K to second to high reading level middle schoolers. She's a mom of three kids ages 15, 13, and 11, and I can't wait for you to hear from her today about how she has used stories within her parenting. Before I share my conversation with her, I just want to remind you about this month's podcast sponsor, BetterHelp, the world's largest provider of therapy done 100% online. Personal therapy is an incredible tool to become a better parent because as you develop your own emotional resilience, you are better equipped to teach your kids how to build theirs. Through my years of counseling, I have learned tools that make me much less likely to use my temper at my kids or to worry excessively about my kids in situations I have no control over. I've also been so grateful to have a confidential place to talk through many of my parenting struggles with my therapist who has tons of expertise in human development and is able to help me with advice and strategies to help my kids. If you feel you might need counseling but are hesitant, nervous, or embarrassed to invest in yourself in this way, let me assure you that going to counseling will be a gift to your entire family. As you get stronger, so will your family. BetterHelp is so convenient for busy moms, and you can get 10 percent off your first month by going to betterhelpcom 3 30 That's better slash 3 and 30 And now onto the show. Here's my conversation with author Elizabeth Pagel-Hogan.
1: Elizabeth, welcome to 3: 30. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel.
0: Well, I am so excited to talk to you today about the power of stories. As I mentioned in your bio, you write professionally, but I love how you're passionate about helping everyday moms use the power of stories in their parenting. I'm a former high school English teacher, so I also love stories. So I just know this is going to be such a great conversation today.
1: I've been looking forward to this as well because I love to talk to people about writing and about how each one of us has a little storyteller mm-hmm. waiting inside of us to come out. I think storytelling is one of the most natural things that, that people underestimate their own ability to tell yes. stories Yes, and how stories can help us be brave when we have something difficult to face and want to
0: talk to each other about it. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, stories is something that has connected human beings for millennia. Yes. You know, it's like you're so right that we do have the little storyteller inside of us. Every human being does. And we can use it with our kids, we can use it within our parenting, which is so cool. And I know you have a story about how when your your kids are a little bit older now, 15, 13 and 11, but yes. when they were younger, how you first kind of realized that you could use stories to help you with your parenting. Can you sort of set us up by telling us that story?
1: I can. And it makes me laugh now that I have some distance of time. But in the moment, it was it was a little sharp. It was a little painful. (laughs) Um, But my middle child, there was sort of this, uh, you know, series of events that led to him just feeling very frustrated. And like he couldn't get anything that he wanted. So he Drew a picture of me wearing a dress, which was, I realized something uh, that I wear shorts and pants like all the time. And I realized that he was putting me in a dress to express how frustrated he was with me. And he said, This is a picture of you called Bad Mommy. And I'm going to write words about the bad things that you are doing. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I know, and it felt, it felt a little bad at the moment, but I, Don't I I really don't know where this came from, but somehow some like parenting magic descended on me and I said, that's great. (laughs) Why don't you add more words and and think of other things that you can write about in this story? And his Mm -hmm. eyes lit up and he said, yes, I will. And so we turned what could have been a moment where maybe I got angry back at him or I really internalized his feelings as a failure on my part. You know, all those little things that parents fall victim to. Mm -hmm. Could have really let it get to me. But like I said, somehow some parenting magic came down and I said, yeah, go ahead and write that story. He did. The words were very four-year-old, you know, things were misspelled, letters were backwards. It was mostly him using words to describe what he had drawn and sort of written on the page to share his feelings with me. Hmm. And that space between us of the story made it more, I think it made it possible for me to hear his feelings. It gave him a chance to express himself. And then we spent time together listening to his story. And I'm not saying that I suddenly became the perfect mom and he suddenly became the perfect kid, but we handled a tough situation really well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just love how you were able to sort of depersonalize it. I feel like so often as moms, we take it so personally when our kids are upset or upset with us. But when it's just in a story, it's just the story of a bad mommy. Yes. You can sort of look at what things are in the story that you would be willing to change. Like, okay, obviously he wants a little bit more say over things. I can change that, but I can't change these other things that he's saying in the story. So it just gives you sort of a, almost like a third person perspective on what's going on between the two of you.
1: It's, it's exactly right. It was powerful. You know, how often are children unable to express their needs, their wants, they have so little control over many things in their lives. And and mm-hmm. I try very hard from the time they were young to give my kids as much opportunity to choose when they could safely choose, because mm-hmm. I had to put limits on what they couldn't make choices about. Yes. And, you know, in a story, uh, the main character can do whatever they want too, right? And <laughs> they yes. can explore all kinds of situations. So we kind of built on that.
0: Would the You know, what takeaways do you have for moms who want to start doing this in their home, using the power of stories? Maybe, especially if they don't consider themselves a writer, where would they start? What's your first takeaway?
1: Well, so my very first takeaway is to think about the advice that people are often told, which is write what you know, but I would adjust that slightly and encourage parents to write what you want to figure out. Hmm. Maybe you have a complicated little problem going on with a younger child, and you don't necessarily want to turn it into a situation where you're berating or badgering your child about this problem. For instance, my six-year-old would get very bored in kindergarten, and he would distract himself with some slightly inappropriate behavior. And I wasn't sure what was going on. It wasn't harmful to others. It wasn't destroying any property, but it was distracting, and it wasn't really right for the kindergarten classroom. And I couldn't figure out why he was doing it. So I drew stick figures, and I put very simple words And we started with a story about something where I couldn't figure out why this little boy would do this distracting behavior in kindergarten. And it was actually really fascinating because I wasn't personally addressing my child and saying, why are you doing this rotten thing? Why are you doing this bad thing? I had created this little character. Mm -hmm. He was very willing to explore that experience and Mm -hmm. talk to me about why he was doing this. And it turned out he actually didn't realize it was having such a distracting effect on the teacher and the other students and why it was so inappropriate. And I just remember the little smile on his face when he said, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. And Mm. so instead of trying to write this really complicated story and write something really long, start with something that you want to figure out, Mm -hmm. something small, and start with stick figures. And very, very basic sentences. Hmm. That's the first thing I would say.
0: And do you, like, you would do that as a story where you're, like, naming the character and talking to your child about the stick figure that you drew? Or is it more of, like, a you're not talking about him. You're talking about somebody right. else. Fictional? Yes,
1: you can do that. And I should probably back up here and say you can start with a piece of paper, a pencil, and a stapler. You don't need markers. You don't need colored pencils. You don't need paint. You can staple some pieces of paper together and start writing out some of the things that you want to talk about. Like the bad mommy story. My four year old, he had big pieces of paper. We stapled them together and he just started drawing, you know, bad mommy won't give me ice cream for breakfast. So when my older child, my six year old, was having trouble, I did use his name. I said, you know, Michael loves kindergarten. But, and then the next page would explore very basically the behavior that he was doing. And then we went into, I started writing about the consequences of that behavior on the third page. Hmm. So it's not a very long project, but it's a chance to explore something that you're not sure how to solve.
0: Yeah. And is this something that you do with him sitting next to you, you're writing the story, or you do it beforehand and then? bring him the story and read it to him? Great question.
1: I always did my stories before I brought them to my child. Mm. And I think that that's really important as a parent because it also helps you work through what you want to talk to your child about.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And obviously, your kids are a lot older now, and I'm sure that this looks very different. But do you do anything similar like this with them now?
1: Um, We actually do. We do a lot of what-if scenarios. So what I wanted to back up here a little bit and say is that a story is different from a journal. Mm -hmm. Many parents are used to keeping a journal, and a journal is where you share your private thoughts that you don't have to share with anybody else. But a story is something that you're going to share with someone. So when you're writing your story that you want to share with your child, be very, very careful about the language that you use and think about what you want your child to get from the story.
0: Mm -hmm. And almost internalize about themselves. So you have to be careful with how you word things.
1: And I think this goes for any kind of communication with children, whether it's written or verbal. We want to be very supportive and we want to be encouraging, but we also need to be very clear about what we're hoping for our kids to learn from our communication. So Mm -hmm. doing that story on your own before you share it with your child gives you a chance to figure out exactly what it is you want to talk about. So if Mm -hmm. I could give another example really quickly, My middle child struggled with a lot of impulsivity and anger, and we were looking for ways for him to express his angry feelings where he could still get his emotions out, but it wouldn't have such a terrible effect on the rest of the family, his younger brother, his older brother, me, and his dad. So I created a little story about him. I did use his name in the story, and I gave him the power to drive a car. Now, at the time that I wrote this story, he was five years old. Well, Being able to drive a car at five years old delighted him. And I promise your listeners, this was a stick figure in what looked like a rectangle on wheels. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, Dylan could drive a car and he would come to these crossroads and at the crossroads there would be a sign and the sign would contain some kind of situation that would usually make him angry. Younger brother takes toy. And I had two little roads, a bumpy road that he could choose where he was very angry or a smooth road where as the driver of the car, he had chosen a different kind of reaction literally chosen a different path on how to handle his emotions. And so through this little book, I gave three scenarios of things that he often struggled with on a daily basis. And the little Dylan character in the rectangle on wheels had a chance to choose different paths in this story. And he loves this story. And Mm. to this day, all of my boys will mention, oh, I'm choosing the bumpy road." You know, oh, Mm. I should have chosen the smoother path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a great chance here to come up with little mantras that can help your family.
0: Mm, Yes. And this is, I feel like when I hear this, there's a part of me that's like, well, there's so many children's books written professionally about different emotions and all sorts of things, but what is the magic of, I mean, there's magic in that for sure. I mean, I love a good children's book, Yes, but what is the magic of doing it yourself as well for your child? Instead of just finding a book about an angry child, what's the magic of writing one?
1: For me, it was specificity.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When I'm writing a story about something our family is struggling with, I can take actual real life scenarios and situations and put them in the book so that when we confront them again, it's easier for young children to apply, literally apply what they've discussed or read about in the book in their real life. It often can be hard for young children to generalize from a book to their real life. I'm not saying that they can't do it, but mm. We all have very unique family situations, and it's impossible to find children's books for every person's family. But when you create a little story about your own family, you can offer suggestions and guidance on ways that your child can handle that situation in a more positive way, in a healthier way on their own.
0: Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. And what's your second takeaway?
1: Okay. So uh, we talked about this a little bit. I said, try writing a story about a character who is like your child. You can write exactly about your child, but if you're going to be talking about something that is very personal and very difficult to handle, it can be safer to write about a character who is like your child. Mm-hmm. Then you can explore some alternatives that the character might choose. If the child can't take criticism very well. You know, we get to a certain age where it's very hard for us to hear that our parents, you know, or caregivers who we expect unconditional love from, if they're criticizing us, it can be very difficult for young children to accept that criticism. So by putting a character in there, maybe who's a little bear or a fish, you Mm -hmm. can give that safe distance and allow the child to hear some difficult information sometimes.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you turned them into animals. I was thinking of my daughter attended a Waldorf preschool where they did a ton with storytelling and they did a class for parents about the power of therapeutic storytelling. And I remember the teacher telling the example of she was on like a long hike with her young children and they just all melted down and they wouldn't go any farther. And (laughs) she said she just sat down with them and started telling them a story. And that's another thing I know you emphasize in your work that it doesn't have to be written. It can also be told. The story can be told, especially in a moment like that. It's not like she's going to bust out the stapler in the (laughs) paper, but she said she just gathered them in and started telling the story about like a chipmunk who was on a long journey and he was tired and, you know, and she was clearly talking about them, but they didn't necessarily know it. Cause she was telling this magical story of all the struggles that the chipmunk went through and it distracted them enough by giving them that little rest of their legs and that little break with the story that then kind of got their spirits back up so that they could keep going. And she said to weave in as much like nature and sound like the wind and, and do it with your mouth and the pitter patter of the rain and kind of bring them into the story with you as you're telling it. And that's just great
1: storytelling, including sensory details like that is the right way to write any kind of story. Yeah, But having them gain a little bit of empathy for this character, this main character, this chipmunk, and identify with that main character, it does give them exactly what they need in terms of developing that non-self-centered you know, level of, of personal development as well, you know, seeing things through the eyes of another, mm-hmm. which is really a sign of growing up and maturing But stories are also a safe place to explore consequences that we don't necessarily want our kids to do in real life, right? Mm. Like, what if that chipmunk had stayed in the woods all night? What if Mm. that chipmunk had started fighting with its fellow chipmunks and gotten lost in the woods or gotten injured? I'm not saying that that's the story that she was going to tell in that scenario. But with older kids, you could include bad choices made by the main character. Mm -hmm. discuss the results of those bad choices and it's almost like those classic choose your own adventure books that I loved Mm -hmm. when I was younger you can in a story reset bring them back to that choice moment and propose alternatives what else could they do what are some other options
0: yes have you ever heard of the what should Danny do books or what does Danny do
1: I will have to look those up
0: yeah, they're like a children's book version of Choose Your Own Adventure, and the little boy makes bad decisions. Well, the child you're reading it to gets to decide if uh-huh. the little boy will make good or bad. And then, you know, you flip ahead to page eight or whatever back. And it's fun to read those with my kids because sometimes they want to choose all the good decisions, and other times they get that little smile and they're like, we're going to have him hit his brother, you know, Right, right. <laughs> and then we go and we read the outcome of that. So that's a fun one for if you want a pre-published book that sort of teaches that as well.
1: And it's fiction. It's okay to learn about bad choices through fiction. It's a great mm-hmm. place to explore that stuff. It's yes. also a great place to explore the brave choice, mm-hmm. the one that's really, really hard to make in real life, but you know, you want to do it. It's a great opportunity to go into those, I don't want to say different realities, that sounds so mystical, but explore what could happen and and get yourself psyched up to make those choices that you really want to make.
0: Yes, absolutely. And
1: then what's your third takeaway? Okay. Once you've had a chance to think about how stories could play a role in your family and you've had a chance as a grown up to write a story about a character like your child or your child... The third takeaway is to encourage your child to write a story themselves. Mm. And this means being ready to hear from your child that what they feel is the problem is something very different from what you might expect. This can involve some bravery on the part of the parents where the child shares something that's really been hurting them, bothering them, um, stifling them. And, you know, thinking honestly uh, about how your parenting and your relationship is perceived by hmm. your kid. This is, this is really more for older kids, I would say, that 6 to 10 age group. Teens, I think... Uh, So I run a writing club at our elementary school for the older elementary grades. We go up through sixth grade. So fifth and sixth graders will come to writing club and they will write a lot of stories that you can tell are just thinly veiled, you know, fictional Mm. accounts of their real life experiences.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's important for them to have a way to get that outlet and write their story through, you know, thinking that they're covering it up, (laughs) (laughs) pretending it's someone else.
1: They want to tell you, they want to share what's bothering them. It can be embarrassing. It can be difficult. But again, if they do create a fictional character, I would say as a parent, it's important to continue to refer to that fictional character Mm. and say, so, you know, how do you think this person is feeling? Oh, why do you think they did that? Um, why did you choose that action for this character? You know, go ahead and keep up that charade for a little while to open up Mm -hmm. that conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to hear, we don't have nearly enough parents of teens represented on the podcast. And I get, I get requests a lot. Like I, I need help with my teenagers because I do think it is I don't know yet, but from what I hear, it is a a different stage. It can be a very tumultuous stage. So how have you adapted these strategies now that your kids are older and how has it helped with the teen years?
1: Well, my middle son, the original one who wrote the Bad Mommy book, he actually writes continuously now and he develops screenplays for his Minecraft world. And he asks me to think through the character development that he is building for the little different kids join his Minecraft server and play in this world. And he says to me, I want this character to move beyond their wants and into their needs. And I want this character to really overcome something difficult. But then he'll sit and talk to me about things that he's feeling too. I think that this creative outlet has really given him a way to express feelings and emotion. And I'm going to say this, he's a boy. Boys don't often get that support. They mm-hmm. don't get the the encouragement to be open and honest about their emotions. Yeah. But writing has given him a space to explore those emotions and a starting point to
0: share them. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I can see how what you did with him when he was younger really has paid off in in how he's able to create and internalize now. And I have a little, my boy has some big emotions too, and I can definitely see him growing up and enjoying doing something like that, particularly if Minecraft is involved.
1: If Minecraft uh. <laughs> is involved, it makes a lot easier. But I, I like to think of it as opening a door, right? We can open as many doors for our kids as we want. They eventually have to choose which ones they're going to walk through, and I think storytelling to to bring it all back is something that you know we have inside of us, and if we can unlock that storytelling skill for our kids, I think it can help them throughout their lives.
0: Yes, absolutely. And another, I think, really valuable thing can be telling stories from your own life, yes, or from your family history, things like that that illustrate different aspects of. You know, my kids love it when I say, oh, yeah, I struggled with that, too. When I was in elementary school, I had a teacher that was mean and this is what happened or whatever it might be.
1: I think kids love that. And again, it builds empathy. It allows them to see how you handled things that were difficult. In our family, we try to make sure that the stories we tell about our children when they were young are all positive self-esteem building stories. And we try Mm -hmm. not to use stories that tease them or make fun of something that they struggled with, which, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, it's something not every family has quite grasped.
0: Yes. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes my kids love the stories of when they were naughty,
1: When they were younger,
0: they're like their favorite and they laugh and laugh and they'll say, will you tell me the story about when I did that? Even though they've heard it a hundred times, you know, but, but that's different than a story that might be embarrassing to them or really amplifies a character flaw that they continue to struggle with or things like that, you know, because it does go back to what we talked about, how the stories that we tell them about themselves are how they will start to perceive themselves. And even if what we're saying is kind of true, we can speak words of faith instead of words of fact, if that makes sense.
1: <laughs> I think that's a great distinction. I think that's a yeah. great distinction. And if we're going to repeat the same stories over and over again, let's repeat the ones that help them be the best versions of themselves.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Well, thank you so much. This has been such an insightful conversation about the power of stories. And if listeners are interested in finding more of your work, where should they go?
1: Um, I have several books uh, for sale through your local bookstore. Um, They're also available online at some of the larger booksellers. You can see all my books on my website. But really, I just hope parents take the opportunity to spend more time talking with their kids. Anytime you're reading a good book is a great opportunity to have a discussion with your kids.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for your time and for coming on 3 and 30.
1: Thank you for having me, Rachel. I'm a big fan.
0: Wasn't that a fun episode? I hope you walked away with some ideas and inspiration to start using storytelling more in your home. As a reminder, here's a quick recap of the takeaways. First, start with something you want to figure out about your child and then build a story around that. Is there a behavior you're confused about, a disconnection between the two of you, some big emotions you see emerging and you're not sure where they're coming from, see if using a story to interact with your child around that topic can help give you some clues to get to know his or her needs better. Second, invent a story about a character like your child instead of calling him or her out directly. Remember, this can even be an animal. As your children relate to the character in the story that is like him or her, they may learn lessons about courage, consequences, perseverance, and more without you having to directly lecture or teach them third encourage your child to write have them write a story about a character like themselves this will give them the opportunity to express some of their pent-up emotions and questions and it will give you insight into what they are thinking about or dreaming about it's a great way to connect emotionally and creatively i know for some of you writing stories might be way outside your comfort zone but i encourage you to give it a try this week to see if it might just help you navigate a parenting issue you're struggling with get some paper and a stapler and get creative you might be surprised at the outcome. And for all of you moms of teenagers who may be thinking, I don't know if storytelling could really help with the current phase of parenting that I'm in. As I recorded this episode with Elizabeth and thought about the power of stories, it made me think about an episode that I did over a year ago about how to help your teenagers live a better story. In this episode, I talk about the different principles of story and how you can apply them to help your kids see themselves as the hero of their own story and learn to live a more adventurous altruistic life if you're a mom of a teenager i think you might find that episode inspiring and i will link that as well as several other episodes related to the power of books in the show notes my friends i'm thinking about you this week and always as we parent through this strange time of covid it's almost been a year since the world first shut down and it's been brutal at times but we are resilient and our kids are too Whatever you are up against this week, please know that I am rooting for you and sending you all my positive vibes and prayers for a great week with your family.